Hey, nonprofit founders and leaders, change makers and dreamers. Are you searching for new ways to be heard amidst the overwhelming noise and confusion of these uncertain times? Giving Heartbeat is the place to make connections and ignite sparks of compassion into forces for good and together turn unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Conversations with dynamic nonprofit champions from across the planet reveal how they turned passion into action and obstacles into achievements. I'm your host, Donna Valente. Welcome. Over the past three decades, I've met hundreds of incredible nonprofit changemakers from around the world. It's my passion and mission to promote them. This is Giving Heartbeat. Welcome. Good morning and welcome to the Giving Heartbeat studio. We have Dr. John Paul Bonet from New Jersey, and he is the founder of Sante Bus in Haiti. And um, I would love to have you speak with our listeners about your project. Not a problem, Donna. Thank you very much. You know, Haiti called to my heart in 1996 is when I kind of sensed I, I could help the people of Haiti and maybe make a difference. And uh, since that time, I've been traveling down to Haiti probably for, I stopped counting, over 40 times. Wow. Conceptually, it, it, it's how do we help 6 million people that, that are, are struggling and are living below the standard of living, uh, poverty standard of living. And that's, that's what we've been working with. <clears throat> when people have asked, who do I work with? I say anybody and everybody who's helping the poor. Mm-hmm. Now, sadly, in the 24 years I've been working there, uh, we, the population's gone from 8 million to 11 million. And, and it's not 3 million more uh, middle class or upper class people. It's, it's been 3 million more and living below the poverty level. Wow. So it, 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 it astounds me that here we are in the 21st century. You and I are talking on, on, on cell phones or, or connecting via virtual world. And, and we still have millions of people living in a poverty level in the world. It doesn't have to be. Right. You know? We, we've been given the tools, we've been, been the global wealth is there, and um, we just need to raise a collective conscience to say, let's change it. In a, in a world where there's 7 billion people, 2 billion people are living below the poverty level. 2 billion people live, don't have potable water. Um, you know, it just doesn't have to be anymore. And, and I think generationally, this is the time. This is the time. And we've technologically we've advanced at a pace un, unforeseen or never seen since the beginning of time, and um, we've got the tools. We've got the tools to change the world. So now we just have to raise our conscious and our collective spirit, and we can do it. So I noticed that one of the things you posted about on your Facebook page was about the desalinization. Yeah, desalinization. <clears throat> that's a project that I, I visited. Excuse me one second. That phone, it's going to stop. Um, sorry about that. Um, yeah, when I was just there in February, I, I, you know, one of the things I'm discussing with the Catholic Church in Haiti, I'm discussing that, that we should put a, a well, a potable water well, at every church in the country and, and bring water to the people who have not. Mm-hmm. And the infrastructure for the church is there. Um, just a matter of building wells and, and 
developing the organizational team that'll manage and operate the wells and, and bring water to the people that need. Um, free water is, is, is one thing for someone who has nothing, but perhaps just to you know enter it into the normal business and the commerce world so our profits can be used to run our health clinics. But the desalinization plant um, was developed by um, Tesla and company, their nonprofit arm of Tesla. And they can desalinate, um, I think, 20,000 gallons of water a day from the ocean with solar power. That's, that's game changing. Wow. That's game. You know, <clears throat> in the 24 years I've worked in Haiti, I've, I've looked at just the world through open eyes and, and think, why, why would any man in this day and age not have potable water and clean water? I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't, we should be at a level now where we can bring clean water to everyone. And when I look at the vast ocean and think, okay, so why is it there? It's got to be there for more than just the fishes to swim in and the boats to sail on. And, and if, if we can desalinate in a cost-effective way, we can bring water to all. And, and they've developed a, concepts and processes that are working. This is the second one they've built. And, and um, they've agreed and, and handshake, of course, nothing formal. But, but find land, find, find locations where we can put desalination pro, uh, programs, and, and they'll do it. So that's one of the exciting things we're working on. So what are the, some of the other things? Are, are you working on health clinics? What is your main focus? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, longer term, longer term, the, the, the goal eventually is to build pedestrian communities of 20,000 people where we use 21st century technology to take third world to new world. But we, we go back in time for, for communal design because uh, the, the communal designers, even going back three, four hundred centuries, three, four hundred years ago, centuries ago, um, Leonardo da Vinci d designed ideal villages in Europe that remain today. The structure remains the same. So the social engineers and the social architects of that time understood human nature enough to build communities that lasted hundreds of years mm -hmm. as far as communal design. So we're going to go back in time to, to find a simpler way of life for people to live together. And then we're going to use modern technology to take the centuries-old development into the future in terms of, of power, in terms of eco-enviro sensitivity. Yeah. So the long-term goal is, is, is to build a city in, of the future with pedestrian communities of 20,000 people linked with mass transportation. Wow. On the central plateau in Haiti, the land uh, came into the picture maybe 20 years ago. We haven't moved on it yet, though. Just everything's a slow process. Mm -hmm. I'm a go low kind of guy. You know, as, as the universe guides, I go. Mm -hmm. um, shorter term, what we're doing, we're, we're, we've got a, we're doing the water well project. We're also working on a project to build bakeries. Again, we're going to tie them to places of worship. So we, we have the, the management team and, and, and the oversight by, by the houses of worship. And, and I say that broad spectrum because it's not necessarily aligned just with any one particular house of worship or one particular faith or denomination. Mm -hmm. It linked with anywhere where people commune in large, large groups to, to kneel humbly before a power greater than us mm -hmm. and to just to, to come together as a community. So the idea of the bakery, and it's going to be called the Bread of Life Bakery, uh, the idea of the bakery came about because I was in Haiti one day and I, I worked with Felician sisters in Haiti. They, they built a beautiful convent and a, a beautiful uh, compound in Haiti over the past few years. Um, the idea is 
came about. It sprouted one night when I was asleep in their convent. And um, there was a young mother living across the street in a cornfield with three children. And they had nothing. They had a, a, a little tin shelter over their head. And it was a pouring rain thunderstorm. And I, I was internet communicating with my wife in New Jersey. And I was thinking, how strange is this here? I've, I've got a fan blowing on me. I'm nice and dry. This poor mom's out there with her three children getting soaking wet. It, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to be. So the next morning we, we, we talked about it at breakfast and we talked about how, how can we help a, a homeless mother who lives in the woods move forward and help her children uneducated, doesn't read or write. Um, and, and we, the sisters, the nuns had made the banana bread that day. And we discussed perhaps we can teach her to bake banana bread. Huh. Wow. And then we thought on a little bit more and we thought, well, what else is, what else is God given us? What else is the universe giving us in plenty here in Haiti? And we said, well, there's lots of mangoes and oftentimes they go to rot and there's lots of bananas and oftentimes they go to rot. And, and from that we've developed a, a good, banana bread and a mango bread recipe, all with natural ingredients. And so it came about to say, well, we probably can teach this mother how to bake. And thus was seeded the Bread of Life Bakery. And the goal will be at every house of worship in the country to create a Bread of Life Bakery and we'll employ homeless mothers with two or more children. And, and you know, for, for the profit of two loaves of bread, for $1 profit on each loaf of bread, we can put a shelter over that mother's head. That's incredible. Yeah, so, so, so simple. So simple, right? So simple. And then from that evolved the, the, the Water Well Project. And, and we thought, well, what we can do is, is we can, uh, next to each bakery, we'll have, we'll have a water dispensing company. And, and to my good fortune, I've come across uh, two organizations that are willing to build the wells for free. Wow. And they'll dig the wells for free. And um, that's great stuff. So the, the conceptually on, on the bigger picture, you know, how does third world come, how do developing countries come to be able to afford modern day healthcare? You know, here in America, we struggle to afford it. With an insurance industry, with government run industries, there's still how many millions of Americans that have no health insurance? So, so probably decades ago, we discussed how could you fund healthcare in a poor country? How can you bring modern healthcare to a poor country? And we thought that if we created businesses whose profits were used to fund the health system, this is a way that could guarantee that all men had health care. And, and so we, we discussed creating socially conscious businesses whose profits will fund the health system. This is our beginning step, thus the bakery and the water system, its profits, in addition to providing jobs for the people who have no jobs, its profits will fund the health clinics that we'll eventually create. And if I should I keep rolling? Yeah, I, I keep brilliant. I'm writing it down. I mean, right. it sounds so it's it sounds so logical and doable, right? It, it is. It is doable, as I've said countless times. The global wealth is there. It's like. Come on, who's kidding? People buy multi-million dollar yachts and use them two days a week or two days of the summer. Right. It's like global wealth exists. The technology, we've. when I first started in Haiti, I, I talked about if we had a mobile clinic in the mountains, how, how could we connect it? And at that time, uh, a, a mobile a satellite phone was the size of uh, a suitcase. 
And I thought, okay, we could use satellite phones and connect and we can have a, a central uh, communication base. But the reality now is we've got a cell phone in our pocket and we can connect everybody. Right. Connectivity piece is there. The community, the compassion, the caring is what we need. And we, we bring people together to do the right thing so we leave the world a better place for our children. It's that simple. We're, we're in America, the blessed generation. Our cross is that can we, can, we, can we change the course of humanity by caring for people that have not? Right. And in the process, we leave it better for all of our children. You know, so to me, it's simple. To me, my frustration in the 24 years that I've been working there is that we haven't done it already. But my calm comes because I say, well, perhaps it wasn't time yet. Right. But as we can harness solar power, and break away from our dependence on fossil fuels as we have these tools of connectivity. We've got it. We've got it. And I can put a clinic in the most remote places as long as I have internet and I can have specialists from anywhere in the world evaluate a patient in the most distant place. So that's amazing. That is. That's beautiful. So how do you ha find that you can get internet in those remote places? Yes. Yes, yes. The telecom countries, you know, in addition to Coca-Cola, the telecom countries have found their way into the most remote areas. Wow. And, and you know, I, my, my memory is, is so vividly clear. One day I was, I was hiking up the mountains and I was hiking, hiking through a stream. It was a hot, hot day in Haiti, which there's a lot of them. <laughs> and I was just barefoot walking through the stream just to cool my toes. And, and a, a, young, a young boy is walking alongside of me. And he's got a, a bicycle that has no tires, just rims. It's a pink bicycle. I can see it like it was yesterday. And we're walking down the water. And all of a sudden, ring, ring, ring. He goes, oh, excuse me. And he answers his cell phone. Hmm. So here's the young guy who had no shoes, a bicycle with no tires, yet he had a cell phone. Wow. So Digicel is the, is the company in Haiti that's done a great job. <clears throat> Natcom is another one. But they are socially conscious, and, and, and in addition to making their millions and billions, they have given back some. And, and I'm sure if, if, uh, if the right project comes along, I'm sure they'll give more. That's awesome. So what is it that you would like to tell our listeners about um, how they can support your efforts? Because you're clearly, you, you've been doing this for decades, and you're connected with people because I understand working in Haiti is extremely difficult because of bureaucracy Social. and all of the big, many, many. Yeah. So um, how can people get in touch with you and help you in your efforts and this incredible baker? I'm a baker. So I love, I, I, that just touch, me up. Right? <laughs> it's, yeah. 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 Um, hey, if it's touching their hearts to help, I'll give you my email. It's, J O M P B O N N E T at yahoo.com. And I'm still foolish enough to get my cell phone out to everybody, which, you know, as, as a family physician, I happily give it to all, all my patients. It's 973-670-8385. As, as we move forward now, you know, we will need funding, of course. Up to this point, I've funded most of the projects that I'm doing myself. 
Um, so funding, of course, is always always an area that we need support. Um, if people feel in their heart called to help, I'm an open door. I'm an open door. And, uh, if I could just stop one second here, folks. This is an unsung hero. I mean, Dr. Bonet has been doing this for 24 years, self-funding this project. I mean, this is, this, that is incredible. I don't even know what to say. So open your hearts and your pocketbooks and, and support this. Think how far, if, I mean, just everything he's accomplished on his own with collaboration, of course. Think of what he can do with some monetary support from from listeners out there in haiti so i i just it, pardon that but i just had to put it you're, you're you're kind you know my attitude's always been i don't want to take a penny from anybody that that's going to doubt where it's going to go and until i prove in concept I, I i i have to prove it myself and and i'm a connector that's what i do i connect people you know and, and we all are connectors i think we're angels of some sort. I, I've always felt that strangers that come into my life, they're there for a reason, and I try and understand why. Mm-hmm. I think we're all each other's angels. I, I think that each of us individually has a connection to a higher power, and, and determine how you will. I think we confuse ourselves by, by naming things, man-made names, mm-hmm. but the higher power can only be what it is. It, it's an energy, it's a source, it's a, the creation of it all, and we're all part of it. And, and we get lost by naming our, our particular denominations or our particular paths of worship. But at the end of the day, we all end up at the same place if we're true believers. And we recognize that we're but one small part of the big picture. Right. You know? we, are, we are one. We are truly one. And, and, and my heart and my thoughts and my mind affect each and every one that's out there. And, each, and there's an energy force that we haven't yet defined, and that's the spirit energy, I guess. And it's that spirit energy that guides me. And, uh, you know, there's a million stories I've shared some with you of, of, of how it's all, how it all began. But I, I go in faith. I go, I go in, in knowing that it's going to happen when it happens. And I know that we've been given the tools. So now it's, let's make it happen. And then for my children's children and your children's children and all future generations, if we can leave the world a little more peaceful, a little more loving, a little more caring, and we find our role in the grand scheme of it all. Right. Well, thank you so much. I, I know you're you're, you're so busy, and I appreciate your um, making time this morning to talk with me. and And uh, I hope we can talk again soon. And Not anytime, I, I I welcome the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Have a good morning. Take care. Peace and lots of love to you. Yeah. Take care now. Bye bye. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Giving Heartbeat, where we make unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Please be my hero and subscribe, download, rate and review and tell all your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Naomi Charney for my beautiful cover art. Thanks to Chris Hogan for his theme music, Pure Magic and to audio engineer extraordinaire Don Sternacker at Mixolydian Studios. Please take action today to support nonprofits that connect with your passion. Be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time, the beat goes on.
This is Donna Valente. Peace out.